Are you interested in joining a community of policy influencers working toward positive change? Consider Seton Hall University's results-driven executive graduate programs in international affairs. You can customize your studies through research in regional areas and specializations, including conflict management, global health security, and more. As a graduate candidate, you can leverage a collaborative and dynamic professional platform that includes one-on-one faculty mentorship, career workshops, international seminars, and discussions with global leaders on campus, at the UN headquarters in New York, and in Washington, D.C. The program is flexible. Study full-time or part-time, online or at the New Jersey campus just 14 miles from New York City. To learn more or sign up for a webinar, click the link in our episode description. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm excited to be bringing you Unscripted, along with my co-host this 2023. I am Damilola Banjo. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. I'm Kelechuku Ogu. We tried so hard to record this episode in December, but it was hectic at the Security Council, and our experts were on holidays. So we are sorry that this is coming a bit behind schedule. Yes, I remember we got one expert, but he had to pull out due to family emergencies. We are fortunate that we could bring this to you this time. So on today's episode, we will feature excerpts from the program of work press briefing delivered by Ambassador Ishkani Kimihiro. He is Japan's permanent representative to the United Nations, and he is the president of the Security Council for January He has graciously granted Pass Blue an exclusive interview on January 19th. Please do look out for that on the website. We will also bring you bites of the enlightening interview that we had with Professor Nyoko Kumagai. She is the director of the Japan Chair at the University for Peace. She gives some clarity to the ambiguity that we did not have the insight to unravel ourselves. Now we get into the show proper. Last Thursday, Japan chaired its first signature event, the strengthening of the rule of law in the maintenance of international peace and security. The discussion was led by Yoshimasa Ayashi, the Japanese foreign minister. Let's hear what Ambassador Ishkani had to say about the debates. At the beginning of this uh, challenging year, the objective is to reaffirm the meaning and role of the rule of law among nations, defend the charter and the common understanding that the rules to which all member states have agreed must be observed by all. Given the many you know, multifaceted and interconnected challenges that the world faces today, we hope uh, this event will serve as an important reminder that we should individually and collectively pursue the rule of law and abandon the idea of the rule by force, once and for all. The second theme, which will have Nigeria's Amina Mohammed, 
Deputy Secretary General of the United Nations in attendance would be on peace building and sustaining peace, investment in people to enhance resilience against complex challenges. This is what Ambassador Ishkani had to say on the event that will happen on January 26. The Security Council, together with the wider UN membership, have a historic opportunity to uh, reflect and review the Council's work on peace building and discuss how best to evolve and strengthen it, considering the current and emerging uh, threats and challenges to international peace and security. We hope this event will foster a productive and inclusive uh, dialogue that encourages us all to work together and reinvigorate our peace-building efforts by investing in people, as they are not, as they are not only victims of challenge, but also agents of change. Kelechiku, I sometimes find some of the themes of this debate very vague. I read the concept paper on the rule of law and I can't hold on anything tangible, no actions. Do you share similar opinions? Yes, I do actually. I feel these signature events should be treated like other open council meetings, like opportunities should be given to trending situations. But Japan had an issue that was of importance to it, if that vague theme though, I did not see it until I spoke to Professor Neil Kokumagai. Japan representing as um, I mean presidency um, and taking the presidency in UNSC, I mean for this month. And then this is of course for the entire community, but we also bring our own concerns as well. And then the issue of women, particularly in uh, Afghanistan and Iran is a very big issue for Japan. But at the same time, uh, we have also a kind of impending threats about the issue of the um, kind of unilateral actions of China in the East China Sea and South China Sea. And then these issues are somehow related to the issues of the rule of law, how to um, maintain the maritime stability and security based on the international law. So in this case, it's natural for Japan to bring this issue as an not as a necessary as an issue of China, but as an issue of the rule of law on the table of the Security Council. After his brief description of the two open debates, the rest of the briefing was devoted to the agenda of the journalists present. Japan's unprecedented defense budget was stopped on several minds. Reacting to a question from China's Centra, Ambassador Ishkani said. Well, uh, Ambassador, this is Deutsche Shu with China Central Television. Uh, first, congratulations and hope you have a very successful uh, presidency. So my question is concerning the, the defense strategy because we know that Japanese government just released a, the three key security documents which talk about the deployment of long-range missiles as well as raising the, the, co the cost of our budget of self-defense forces and also the capability to counter-strike. You know, on one hand, some people believe that, I quote, the national security strategy said, counter-strike capabilities enable Japan to mount effective counter-strikes against the opponent's territory. This one is contradictory to the Constitution of Japan, Article 9, which 
mentioned that the Japanese people forever renounce war as sovereign rights of the nation and the threat of use of force as means of settling international disputes. On the other hand, we know many Eastern Asian countries, China, South Korea, DPRK, even Russia, express their concerns or dissatisfaction on this. So in the capacity uh, <laughs> of Japan, what, how, how are you going to address those concerns? Well, all the decisions which, have, which are being taken are based on the constitution of Japan. And also one more thing is we are doing all that in full transparency. You can see what we are doing. You can see, understand what we are going to do. Nothing is behind the curtain. It is 100% transparent. Ambassador Ishkaine's response felt like he was trying to say, well, Japan is transparent and China is not. He had some reservations on how the Security Council has been dealing with North Korea's missile launches as well. Well, the uh, Security Council has been not really successful in speaking in one voice on the DPLK uh, files. But I think, you know, uh, things are not really uh, uh, going well. Uh, things, uh, I have to say, are uh, de deteriorating. So many missiles uh, launched we have witnessed. So uh, having joined the Security Council, I'd like to convey the voice uh, of Japan or Japanese who are facing this, you know, threatening uh, uh, danger coming from uh, our neighborhood and try to uh, make our best efforts to, to, to come up with a unified voice of the Security Council. That's, you know, one of uh, the things I will be pursuing uh, joining this uh, Security Council. We'll be right back. Are you looking for a talk show featuring leading global voices? Do you want to learn more about how international issues directly affect people locally? Global Connections Television presents the insights of global influencers at no cost to viewers and programmers. GCTV is independently produced and reaches more than 70 million potential viewers worldwide each week. The show covers everything from human rights to climate change, from peace and security to empowering women and girls. It features guests such as Dr. Jane Goodall, former UN High Commissioner for Human Rights Mary Robinson, and Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary. The show also hosts expert voices from the private sector, academia, and labor and environmental movements. GCTV is available to public television media outlets, universities, and service clubs for distribution. To watch the show or find out more, click the link in our episode description. Now, back to the show. For China and anyone threatened, Professor Kumagai says Japan's security upgrades does not make it an offensive threat. Officially, Japan is still a pacific state, is it? It is, yes. We have Article 9 and then uh, defense, exclusively defense-oriented security policy. Even though the new security policy released from the government last month, uh, December 2020, uh, shows the upgrading of Japan's defense budget and also capabilities over the five years from now. But it doesn't mean that we pose an offensive threat to the neighboring countries. This is exclusively for defense. 
Another thematic topic for Japan is the issue of the Middle East. The Middle East is part of the Security Council's agenda for the month, and there are two burning matters. The first is that the new government in Israel has vowed to build more settlement in East Jerusalem and the West Bank. On the other hand, the Iranian government is continuing to kill demonstrators over their involvement in protest. Here are the ambassador's thoughts. And when you look back what we have said, what I have myself delivered in the Security Council chamber regarding the settlements and the other uh, actions taken by one government, we've been very clear. We've been very clear. We said it's illegal. It's in violation of, uh, of the international law. It's in violation of Security Council resolutions. Thank you so much, Mr. Ambassador. This is Maryam Ramadi, Iran International. Um, I would like to ask a question in your uh, national capacity. As you know, um, the uh, situation in Iran has worsened. The um, uh, protesters have uh, been under streets uh, for more than three months now. The Islamic Republic government um, have been suppressing the protester and continue to do so. We had two death sentences today that have been announced by the Supreme Court, um, the Iranian um, uh, regime, Supreme Court. Um, I would like to know Japan's um, position on the ongoing protests in Iran. Uh, regarding my uh, our position vis-a-vis uh, -vis what's happening in your country, um, uh, we are very much concerned. We are very much concerned. And uh, uh, we try to convey our message. As we have entertained a traditionally uh, relatively good relation with uh, Iran, we try to convey our message, our concern, uh, to uh, Iranian counterpart in a way or other. Women's Forum for Afghanistan, a group chaired by Margot Wallström, Sweden's former foreign minister addressed the letter to Ambassador Ishkani asking the Security Council to visit Kabul in company of other women leaders from the country. Mdami, I find this a bit impracticable considering the fact that the Taliban is not recognized by any government, including the Security Council. But first, here's what Professor Neoku had to say. I think um, particularly with regard to Afghanistan, I mean, and as far as women's rights are concerned, I don't think there is any particular clear divide among the uh, I mean, Security Council members, particularly among P5 members. So I, I don't think there is any uh, obstructions to issue, I mean, to make a resolution in uh, Security Council. And as for Iran, maybe the situation might be a little bit um, subtle because of um, uh, maybe, I mean, China and Iran, I'm sorry, I mean, China and Russia uh, might not be so willing to um, to issue, um, to make a resolution, I mean, explicitly, I mean, condemning the, the Iranian regime for the, about the issue of women's rights. Yeah, so Dami, what do you think? Political, I don't really know. I don't have a definitive answer for you. I think an international organization like the United Nations and one of the powers of the Security Council should be able to interfere in a matter such as is going on currently in Afghanistan. 
But I also understand that such interference might have its own impediments. So really, I do not know. But let's move on to a question directed to someone who should have a more definitive answer. I have uh, two questions, and one might be related to your national capacity. Uh, <laughs> you can answer as president of the Security Council, too. But uh, does Japan support this uh, nascent effort to... Uh, prosecute Russian uh, leaders for the crime of aggression through a special tribunal at the, uh, endorsed by the UN? Well, uh, that matter and how we find a way out from this Ukrainian issue is a very complex and that which requires a very, you know, uh, delicate handling of the matter. So uh, I would rather, uh, you know, not to re respond to that question right away. But I think we need to deepen the discussion within the Security Council and together with General Assembly so that we can find out the, the way into the future. Because at this very moment, you know, frankly speaking, frankly speaking, we are not, maybe, we, I should say, I am not aware of uh, concrete steps, who or how and when we can start the you know, peace talks on the Ukrainian situation. It is very sad to say all that, but that's also you know pretty much related to the you know uh, uh, battle on the ground uh, on the ground. But that doesn't mean that the Security Council or GA should stand idle. We need to discuss. We need to deepen the discussions. But I think we should not anticipate the outcome uh, of the discussions, and I should not prejudge you know how and. Uh, how we should approach this question, uh, this uh, very much complicated issue, by answering to your question in a clear-cut manner. Thank you. Uh, so, so it doesn't sound like you have a position on a special tribunal to prosecute crimes of aggression. I think I shouldn't. You know, uh, I, I let me uh, no, uh, repeat my position. We will discuss that matter in the council and try to see what is the best way to seek. To, to, to the, what is the best uh, way out for this you know, quagmire in which all countries are in. And that's the size of this episode. On this program, we featured excerpts from the program of workplace briefing delivered by Ambassador Ishkani on January 3. We also brought you parts of our interview with Professor Nioko Kumagai. She is the director for the Japan Chair at the University for Peace, which is um, a UN institution. And she brought Lucidity to some of Japan's plans for the month. Thank you for listening and catch you soon. This episode was presented by Damilola Banjo and Kelechuku Ogo. Kilechuku Ogu was the producer, music was by Poddington Bear, Alison Lecce was the fact checker, and the editor is Dulcie Leinbach. This episode has been made possible with support from the Carnegie Corporation of New York, the Open Society Foundation, and you, our generous readers. Unscripted is available where you get podcasts. If you liked today's show, please share it with all your friends and rate us on iTunes.